This message comes from NPR sponsor, Acorn TV. Acorn TV is brilliant television told brilliantly. From charmingly cozy mysteries to daringly dark dramas. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. Acorn TV. Brilliant. On the hit Netflix comedy series Never Have I Ever, Devi Vishwakumar is a horny, overachieving high schooler who will go to extreme lengths to climb the social ladder. The series was co-created by Mindy Kaling and is very loosely based on her own experiences growing up Indian-American. In the show's final season, Davy's play is very full. She's dealing with raging hormones and doing whatever she can to get into her dream college while stumbling a lot along the way. I'm Aisha Harris, and today we're talking about Never Have I Ever on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Joining me today is J.C. Howard, a producer on How I Built This. Welcome back, J.C. Hello, hello. Also with us is New York Times food reporter and author of the best-selling cookbook, Indianish, Priya Krishna. Welcome back to you too, Priya. Thank you for having me. And rounding out the panel is Kristen Meinzer. She co-hosts the podcast, The Daily Fail, and she's the co-author of How to Be Fine. Welcome back, Kristen. Thanks for having me back. Yes, this is a very exciting panel. I'm looking forward to talking about this with all of you. <laughs> so Never Have I Ever stars Maitreyi Ramakrishnan as Devi Vishwakumar, a self-absorbed teen growing up in a California suburb. Devi lives with her mom, Nalini, played by Pornak Jagannathan, and her older cousin, Kamala, played by Richa Morjani. Her best friends are Eleanor, an aspiring actress, and Fabiola, a queer science nerd. They're played by Ramona Young and Leah Rodriguez. Now, in the fourth and final season, Davy is entering her senior year and in peak life transition mode. She finally loses her virginity to Ben, her nemesis-turned-crush. He's played by Jaron Lewison. But things are immediately weird for both of them afterward. Plus, she's determined to get into Princeton, which proves to be more difficult than she'd imagined. The cast also includes Darren Barnett as Paxton, Davies' on- and off-again boyfriend throughout the series, and John McEnroe, yes, the tennis player, as the show's primary narrator. Never Have I Ever was co-created by Mindy Kaling and Lang Fisher, and it's streaming now on Netflix. And just in case you're concerned about spoilers, we are going to talk a little bit about the ending and how everything ties up. So if you haven't binged it yet, go do so and then come back and check us out so we can spoil it for you. So Priya, I want to start with you. Over the course of four seasons, how would you describe the show's understanding of Davy as a character? Has it felt consistent to you? Do you feel as though it's grown and evolved now that we know, you know, what happens to her at the end of the series? I feel like the show throughout these four seasons has just become a lot more comfortable with itself and with exactly what it is, which is a comedy that really leans into the most cringeworthy aspects (laughs) of being a high schooler. I think that what this season did really well was like hone in on those like hyper-specific, hyper-irrational decisions that we make as high schoolers in order to fit in or in order to do what feels important to us at the time. And it really doesn't shy away from that. Like, I was watching the show with my friend Kate, and she was like, I can't watch this. Like, it's too real. And I feel like that's the mark of a show that's really not afraid to go there. It truly was at various times, like, too real as someone who... Spoiler alert, 
applied to a variety of elite colleges, got into none of them, except got mm. waitlisted by one of them, and then found out I got off the waitlist, like, moments before I graduated high school, I was like, wow. oh my god, <laughs> this is really real. Yeah. Are you Davey? <laughs> yeah, wow. It's very close to home. I, I, like, I just frankly wish that this show existed when I was this age. I had no Daisy representation. I had Lizzie McGuire. Mm. This feels like this generation's Lizzie McGuire, and I think it will hold up. And I'm just so glad this show was made. Oh, man. I'm so glad you mentioned Lizzie McGuire because yeah. I can understand that reference point because Lizzie was also kind of a cringy character a lot of that series. Yes. Uh, JC, how about you? You know, how have you vibed with the show over the course of the series and, and did it kind of bring it home for you at this end? Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the comparison to Lizzie McGuire, but I think this show is more for adults than it is for even the teens in that age group. Mm. I feel like it's kind of like Glee, but funny. <laughs> I kind of like to think of Never Have I Ever as PG-13 Euphoria. Like it's a bunch of horned up teens played by 20 and 30 somethings, but with a little bit more hope and a little bit more heart than Euphoria has. And now having watched four seasons, I'm kind of struck by a couple things about the show. First is that every character, to me, actually feels like a millennial, from the supposedly Gen Z kids to the parents, even Davy's grandmother. I feel like if you watch closely, everyone is really kind of written as a millennial in a lot of ways. Yeah. Also, it doesn't really feel like any of them are nerds. Like, that is one of the kind of core concepts is that these are outcasts. These are the nerdy folks. They all have very strong main character energy. They don't show any other students at the school that are more popular or get more attention than this group. Like everyone's lives revolves around this group of kids. But all in all, I kind of think that this season brings the series to a close in a way that if you enjoyed the first few seasons, you'll find it really satisfying. First of all, it's funny. Mm. And also it gives some resolution to these storylines that we've kind of been following for all these years. For instance, Davy has anger problems throughout the series. And in and, and this season, she kind of starts to cope and it kind of continues this current trend that we're seeing of presenting a sort of mental health hero whose struggle is a little bit more internal and in their relationships, kind of like Ted Lasso or Shrinking. Never Have I Ever is as much about the growth of Davy and her overcoming trauma as it is about her high school shenanigans. It lands the series really well. Mm, yeah, I'm one of those people who dropped off, actually didn't even drop off by – I've watched maybe four episodes of the first season and was like, mm, this is not for me. Yeah. Having watched this fourth season, I was struck by how funny it is in, mm -hmm. in a way mm -hmm. that definitely feels like more geared toward millennials or like kids in college as opposed to kids who are actually in high school. Kristen, how, how have you been vibing with the show? Well, I have been a fan of the show since day one, and I have to agree with Priya. The characters just get better and better as the show goes along. Season one is at times really clunky. There were times mm -hmm. during season one where I'm like, eh, there's a difference between cringy and this just isn't landing. So I'm not sure if that's why you stopped watching in season one, Aisha. But that is part of it, yeah. Yeah, but I, I do think it gets more comfortable with itself and it gets more honest and knows how to laugh at certain things that it's being honest about, which I really appreciate as the show goes along. You know, striking that balance between this is a sad thing, but this is also really funny at the same time. And there are times 
in this last season where we see that coming, you know, out really strong. Like the first time having sex, this is terrible. This sucks. Nobody <laughs> knows how to talk to each other. I wish when I was growing up, I wish there was more media that did that and then didn't treat it like you ruined your life. This was your one chance. You ruined your chance to lose your virginity the right way. Yeah. Realistically, it's the way, you know, it's presented on the show. Like, yeah, it sucks. And then whatever, then you just have sex again. <laughs> it's like, this is not the end of the yeah. world. You didn't ruin yourself by deflowering yourself the wrong way. I also really like that in this season that a lot of the side characters had storylines that I really enjoyed that also showed these problems, these mistakes, things not going right, and how they were able to both be honest and laugh about them. Like Paxton, who used to be the big man on campus going to college and mm -hmm. going from being the most popular guy in school and then going off to college and being just a loser <laughs> and then lasting just a few weeks in that and saying, I can't, I can't handle this. He now is the nerd that Davey and her friends have been. Yeah. Yep. I thought that was really good to just show like college is a different world. All these identities, all these concerns, all these hangups we have in high school, they don't really matter once you leave high school. Yeah. And I thought that that illustrated that really, really well. I will say, though, that in the end, I don't really like the final episode of this series. <laughs> I really was with it the whole season. But the final episode, I was like, mm, that's not <laughs> what I would have wanted to happen. What didn't you like about it? Well, I don't really like that Ben, who is insufferable <laughs> and essentially playing by the pickup artist playbook of nagging, if that's the way you treat women, mm -hmm. is you just nag them all the time, and then you still get to have the person you're nagging at the end of the day. I don't like that that's what he gets rewarded with at the end. And I also am not a huge fan of the idea that happily ever after for a high school student is to still be with your crappy high school boyfriend in college. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to me, that's like so against everything else that was done smartly this season, like showing what first-time sex can be. To me, that's not the happy ending. To me, that's kind of like <laughs> the worst yeah. possible ending. Yeah. Oh, great. Now I'm in New Jersey and you're in New York and we're both in college <laughs> and we're somehow going to make this work. <laughs> yeah, that whole thing to me honestly wasn't that surprising. I just had a sense that this was going to be what happened. Yeah. But I thought we had kind of moved past expecting relationships like that yeah. to be the thing that we were going for. I did like the fact that there is one scene with Ben where he tells her she's like concerned about um, flaming out in college, like that she's not going to do well because someone who was older than her got into her dream school and then right. she realized she found out that she had flunked out. Yeah. And so she's like, oh my God, is this going to be me? What is going to happen? And Ben reassures her. He's like, look, you've made all of the mistakes like now. You've kind of lived your life. You've had fun. You're not going to like go to school and become this powder keg or whatever. She made zero mistakes and had no fun. She was a total powder keg. You have made many mistakes and you go to parties and you met boyfriends. You know, some are better than others. Baby, you know who you are. You really think so? Yeah, I do. I felt like that scene to me, it reminded me a lot of Booksmart in a way where, you know, in that movie, the kids realize, oh my God, we've spent all of this time studying and we didn't have any fun. Yep. And yet everyone yeah. still got into their dream schools. <laughs> and that is such a real and underrepresented look at high school, yeah. I think. And I liked that scene here in Never Have I Ever because it really crystallized like, oh, Davy is a very different kind of character and a kind of character that, like Priya was saying, it would have been nice to have seen more of um, when we were 
their age. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that's a character that like we just don't see. It reminds me of like there's like a passage in Mindy's book where she talks about the word entitlement mm-hmm. and how entitlement is sort of this term that has been for so long perceived as negatively, but that we ought to feel entitled often when we don't feel entitled. And I feel like in many ways, Davy is sort of the embodiment of that, of like entitlement and the good and the bad Mm. that comes with that sense of entitlement and how that sense of entitlement at that age, when you look like that is often not rewarded or you are made to feel lesser than, but you don't have the bigger picture of like what that sense of like confidence or like that desire to go after what you want how that can ultimately pay off for you in the end. And I feel like Baby has so many characteristics that like in high school would be considered like inherently very negative characteristics, but like ultimately the show shows them to be really positive traits. And for these reasons, I find like the like therapist therapy scenes can often feel like a trope in television, but I actually found those scenes this season to be like particularly heartwarming and touching and like things that I wish I had heard as a high schooler who definitely had like an overly inflated sense of confidence and I don't know where it came from, but I feel like all of those high schoolers that feel that way, that are that way, that don't know why they are this way will feel really seen. Look how far you've come. You faced your trauma and you came out on the other side. There were some times there when I was really worried about you, Miss Girl. Look at you today. Yeah, I I agree. I think that those scenes, those like therapy scenes really landed for me as well. And part of it is because it can fall into this like trope of the black therapist, to be sure. Yes. <laughs> you know, but I think that Davy did like, you know, she had these moments of actually reflecting on her life. And this is something that a lot of high school students, myself very much included, would be very helped by, right? Is to look and say like, yes, there are a lot of things to freak out about. Yes, there are a lot of things going wrong in your life. But like, look at where you've been, look at where you came from, and look at where you are now, which is Honestly, why going back to something that Kristen said is it's kind of frustrating that she kind of ends up with Ben is because like she has grown immensely. And Ben is this person who's been nagging her for years. Like this is kind of what they've been setting up. And I think that one of the things that the show in some ways struggles with, but not so much, is its predictability. Like most of what we saw happen throughout this season, to some degree, we could have predicted in the first season. But I also think about that and I say... Who cares? Because in some ways, like, that's what high school is for us now as adults. We can look back and say, this is what's probably going to (laughs) happen to this kid, right? Like, they're going to do this whole thing. They're going to go through the struggle. But I don't think that the show is about staying one step ahead. I think it's more about the journey and the bumps along the way that each of these characters is going to face. And I think the bottom line is not trying to surprise you as an audience member, but trying to delight you and say, like, let's just laugh at this because we've all experienced high school in some way like this. If you enjoy classic Mindy Kaling, problematic queen, you'll enjoy the show, right? Whether you see the things coming or not, you'll enjoy like having that character of Davy to like just usher you through from beginning to end. I really love what you said about delight, JC, because there are a lot of delightful moments this season. I really think there are. I already said I wasn't a big fan of the final episode, but what I really meant was I was not a big (laughs) fan of the final 10 minutes of the final episode. I really found the wedding, which we get in the final episode, 
delightful. I was cheering for that wedding. I thought it was beautiful. It was so multi-generational. It was everybody in Davy's life, the same age as her, older than her. It was family. It was friends. Everybody together. All of her cultures, all of her family's cultures together. There were delightful moments when I didn't expect them, like in that wedding. Delightful moments in school. Delightful moments with her therapist. So I do agree. There was a lot of delight this season. I really appreciated that. I also just want to shout out Ranjitha Chakravarti, I think, who plays Davy's grandmother. She is on fire this season. (laughs) I mean, she has some of the show's like Mm. best mic drop moments and she like delivers so many hilarious lines with this just like deadpan assurance and I yep. I am obsessed with her. Yeah. <laughs> well, in my dreams, uh, even though her and Ben ended up together, by the end of the summer when they're both actually at school, it's it flames out within like yeah. first first week or two. I was sort of hoping for a post-credit <laughs> scene where it like cuts back to them at like Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah. break breaking up or like just even a post post-credit text that's like Three right. months later, yes. they broke up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, even just like the, the more I think about it, I'm just like, well, he's also the one she right. lost her virginity to. Because it So then it also puts that into like this yes. weird fantasy yes. of, oh, I'm going to wind up with the person I lost. Yeah. My, uh, yep. I'm just like, ah, why, why, why? <laughs> Look at us being uh, upset that this uh, fictional teenage character yeah. is not <laughs> sleeping around or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for all of my sort of like annoyances with, minor annoyances with the show like there's also the Mm. John McEnroe of it all I just thought it was for me it never worked it was just a weird way of looking at it but I do think that the cast here was really really good and despite the fact that none of them actually look like they are in high school I could put that aside (laughs) and they were still convincing enough in the energy that they were bringing it was fun and I'm I'm not not sad that I watched a full season of the show. <laughs> Listen, I feel like if Ben Platt can play a high schooler. Yeah. Okay, but he can't. But he can't. But he did. If Ben Platt is allowed, I should say, if Ben Platt is allowed to play a, a, a high schooler for the better part of the last decade, I feel like, you know, I'll let these kids do it too. These grown adults do it as well. <laughs> well, we want to know what you think about Never Have I Ever. Find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. And up next, we'll be talking about what's making us happy this week. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This message comes from NPR sponsor BritBox. Discover powerful new series like Three Little Birds and BAFTA-winning drama Time, starring Bella Ramsey, Tamara Lawrence, and Jodie Whittaker. Stream the best of British TV only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. With NPR Plus, there's more to hear, like extended interviews with some of the experts we talk to at Planet Money and The Indicator. It's a mistake for economists to only think about economic efficiency when considering policies because you'll actually wind up with a worse outcome. And with NPR Plus, you help keep NPR going. Learn more at plus.npr.org. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up. 
eventually. And here at Life Kit, we want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR. And now it's time for our favorite segment of this week and every week, What's Making Us Happy? Priya, let's start with you. So part of my job is traveling around the country to eat at restaurants, which is a wonderful, wonderful privilege. And one of the bonuses of that is that I get to eat at restaurants that have really great playlists. And so a good chunk of my music tastes come from songs that I have heard in restaurants. And a few weeks ago, I was at a restaurant in Houston called Tatemo, and I heard an absolutely incredible cover of Dusty Springfield's I Only Want to Be With You by Luis Miguel. And instead, it was called Ahora Te Puedes Marchar, which means like you can leave now. It's like a version that's entirely in Spanish. Dare I say it's better than the Dusty Springfield (laughs) original. It is such a bop. I have been listening to it on my way to the subway, while exercising, Mm. while cooking. You know, let's uh, listen to a little bit of it. And that's what's making me happy. It is Ahora Te Puedes Marchar by Luis Miguel. Thank you so much, Priya. JC, what is making you happy this week? Okay, so does anyone know what's going on this November? Pop quiz. Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Uh, no, Yes, Thanksgiving is one that comes every year. <laughs> but one thing that's special about this November is it's the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Oh. Which... For those who aren't familiar, it is a British sci-fi series about a character called The Doctor, and they travel through space and time, usually with a companion. And in November, there's going to be a three-episode special to celebrate the 60th anniversary. And a lot of folks are excited about this special because the show's had a rocky few years under different creative leadership. But the incoming showrunner is Russell T. Davies, who brought the series back in 2005. And these specials that are coming up in the upcoming series is supposed to bring back a lot of favorite characters and also introduce new actors to the Doctor Who universe. Neil Patrick Harris, Jinx Monsoon, Jonathan Groff, Shudi Gatwa. Um, he, he was in that Netflix show, Sex Education. Yes, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also in the new Barbie movie. Um, so all that to say, what's making me happy this week, this year, is I'm re-watching the Revival series. It's on mm-hmm. Max, mm-hmm. and I will be on Max and in Doctor Who from now until November. So that's what's making me happy. All right. We know where to find you, JC. (laughs) Kristen, what is making you happy? Well, I don't know if happy is the right word for what this is making me, but Amazon Prime has a new docu-series called Shiny Happy People, which is about the Duggar Mm. family, famous for 19 Kids and Counting, about the IBLP, the Institute in Basic Life Principles, which is essentially a life coaching, homeschooling, how to raise your family in a patriarchal manner, which disguises itself as a Christian fundamentalist organization. The show really dives deep into what was really happening behind the scenes with the Duggar family on 19 Kids and Counting, and how was the harm of this show 
presented as actually wholesome Americana, a return to old-fashioned values. What do we mean by old-fashioned values? What do we mean by back when America was great again? We all know what that means. And also how tabloid journalism played a role in presenting that image, but then also in uncovering the truth when the truth came out about certain members of the Duggar family, it was in touch that really pulled back the curtain on what really happened there. And as somebody who is very fascinated with how presentation isn't just about entertainment and it's not just about religion, it's also about politics and pushing these people up to the top of political power in America. So it's a really fascinating show for anybody who is curious about how did right-wing religious politics become what they are today. It's not just about a freaky family. It's about bigger questions in America. So that's called Shiny Happy People on Amazon Prime. And we should note that Amazon supports NPR and pays to distribute some of our content. Thank you, Kristen. So what's making me happy is that for the last few weeks, I have been jamming out almost nonstop to Jesse Ware's newest album, uh, That Feels Good. (laughs) It's uh, There's multiple exclamation points in there. It is just such a delight. It is very disco, dance floor heavy. If you remember her previous album, What's Your Pleasure, which was sort of operating in that same kind of disco groove. It is that, but taken to like the nth degree. And is that one was kind of a laid back, kind of chill in the background vibe. And That Feels Good is front and center you're gonna put this on and it's going to make you so happy and also (laughs) horny it's a very horny album um (laughs) one of my favorite songs on the album is uh called pearls i actually want to play a little bit of that right now So yeah, Jesse Ware and just this whole little disco revival in general that has been happening throughout music. I'm always here for a disco revival. I remember when the Spice Girls came out and there was that other disco revival that they were kind of at the forefront of. So it's I feel like every 15, 20 years we get it. I'm there for it. I love disco. I love Jesse Ware. That is that feels good. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what's making me happy. If you want links for what we recommended, plus some more recommendations, you can sign up for our newsletter at npr.org slash newsletter. And that brings us to the end of our show. J.C. Howard, Priya Krishna, Kristen Meinzer, thank you so much for being here. It was so fun talking about Never Have I Ever with you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This episode was produced by Hafsa Fatima and edited by Mike Katzif. Our supervising producer is Jessica Reedy, and Halil Kamin provides our theme music. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Aisha Harris, and we'll see you all next week. This message comes from NPR sponsor Acorn TV. Acorn TV is brilliant television told brilliantly. From charmingly cozy mysteries to daringly dark dramas. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. Acorn TV. Brilliant. Okay, close your eyes for a second. Now imagine you're on your dream vacation. No work calls to answer, no text messages to respond to, just your suitcase and an opportunity. The opportunity to just take yourself out of your routine and travel deeper. How to actually take that dream trip. That's on the Life Kit Podcast. 
from NPR. The Embedded Podcast brings you eye-opening reporting. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Immersive journalism. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Personal stories. I was scared. Like, I can't protect you. We are NPR's home for documentary storytelling. Find Embedded wherever you get your podcasts.